Welcome back to Women Creating Wealth, where we have lots of fun, exciting stories to tell you about how you too can become a real estate investor. And today I have a special treat for you because Carrie Dale is with us. Carrie is a real estate broker turned women's wellness and business manifestation and abundance life coach. From her gratitude journals and intentional planners to her life-changing retreats and coaching courses, Carrie helps women discover their why and focus their intention on manifesting the life of their dreams. Carrie, thanks for being with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. So it's interesting because what happened, what you've done is what a lot of us do because we get involved in real estate investing and then we have this passive income stream. We're like, okay, well, that's taking care of itself. So now what else could I do that'd be really fun and rewarding? So tell us, first of all, a little bit about your real estate journey. I know you started as a broker yourself. So I actually started back when I was 21 and um, young and didn't know anything. And how do you sell homes to people when you haven't even done it yourself? And right. you know that was during the time when you had to pull everything from the books. It was nothing on the internet, all the, all, all the old school ways. And I, I started building that. And then of course, being 21, I was young, I was married. I was just starting to have a family, all the things. And it just didn't work. It, it didn't work for me at that time because, well, I was, I became a mom and I became a mom quick and you can't do both full time. So after, you know, moving around and trying to train it over and over and being people's assistants and stuff, I just decided for now, I, can't, I just can't do it. And it wasn't until about six, maybe seven years ago now that I made the choice to jump back in full time and really dive into this. And in the meantime, I mean, my husband and I had bought several homes, sold several homes, you know, fixed them up, had rental properties. And it just, again, my love for homes just continued to grow. So going back into real estate this time around really just felt so natural and normal to me. And my love for homes and my love for helping people and that excitement that you get when somebody walks into a house for the very first time, you know, when they're like, this is it. It's just like the best thing ever. So that's, that's my real estate journey. I've been, um, I've been working here in Southern Oregon now for about six years. I'm a principal broker now and I, and I still do it. I, I haven't, I haven't moved aside away from it. Maybe not quite like as go, go, go. I have other people doing it for me, but I, I, I just love it too much to let that side flip away. When you started, when you and your husband first started investing and doing flips and rental property and things like that, was that a negotiation or did you both, were you both totally on board or did you have to sort of, was he more res reserved or how'd that go? You know what? He is amazingly handy. So there's that, that is really, really helpful. And really it was just us building equity in homes to begin with, right? It was getting the home that we could afford that maybe I couldn't stand. In fact, my favorite story was one that he convinced me. Like he, we walked in and a great neighborhood. I will give him that. And the views were to die for, but the house, I mean, I walked in the door and I looked at him and I went, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he kept saying, just, just give it a chance. Just give it a moment. <laughs> and finally, you know, I'm walking through this house and I'm like, if you want this and I understand, like, I can see it, like I can turn this into something, but if you want this, like you understand what it's going to take, right? <laughs> it's not going to be easy there. This whole kitchen has to go. We just, we're a good pair that way. He can do the work. I have the vision. It just works well. It definitely, it's nice to have a partner, especially one who's handy. I did a lot of my stuff myself and it was no picnic, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. And let me tell you in that house specifically with four children, I, for an entire month had no kitchen and I cooked out of our trailer. I walked in and out of side of my house with pots and pans 
hands doing the whole dance like every night. And it was, it was the last time I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I can't imagine doing it with children. Oh my goodness. When I was married, we did a fixer upper and I was doing dishes in the bathtub and we were eating like microwave meatloaf every night. <laughs> Who said this was going to be fun? But in it, it, but then, so why do we keep doing it? Why do you think we keep doing it when it's like, that really sucked? <laughs> you know, because there's so much payoff in it, right? At least there has for our our personal journey, it's been a huge leaps and bounds from these, you know, little homes and just junk to what I live in now. And, and then with investing, it's been kind of the same thing, right? Never wanted to be um, landlords that didn't have a home for somebody that was something we would live in ourselves. It was always important to us to find that, but at the same time to find like the right value in something and then make it right, make it livable. But to me, those are just been projects. I mean, one of my favorite ones, we've had it's not really a short-term rental. It's not like an Airbnb, but it's a 30 day mm -hmm. and it's furnished. And it was so much fun because that house specifically, we redid everything. And then I furnished it the way I would have it. Like it is my home. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I laugh because my husband's like, that, there's a green velvet chair. I'm like, shh, be quiet. That's my chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not about your house and what your house and our house looks like. This is about, this is what Carrie's house looks like. And that's one of the things I love about short-term rentals is the furnishing and picking out. We used to go to auctions and like buy mm -hmm. artwork and stuff like that. It was just so fun. And yeah. you can just keep furnishing a house over and over again, right? Oh, and let's do the next one. Let's do the next one. Yeah. And you get that. You don't have, if you did that in your own house, you'd end up with <laughs> just a really <laughs> lot of stuff. But when you got multiple houses, you can kind of it's fun. enjoy that. Yeah. You can get that vibe and that fun interior decorating thing just going for yourself. Was there anything that you found really challenging with maybe your first project or after a few? Is there, <laughs> how about other <laughs> projects where that wasn't the big, the biggest challenge? <laughs> yeah. Um. So the one with the green chair, I, we redid, it, it's an old 1900 cottage and it's adorable. And it, the, you know, the structure and everything was great. It just needed a new bathroom. It needed a, a real kitchen. And I, again, you know, cause I like the way things look and I'm so visual and I can come up with all these ideas and it was great. But let me just say that I'm no longer allowed on Pinterest because, because, because the kitchen, the kitchen turned out exactly like I imagined and exactly like I thought and it was very cost-effective. You know, um, we did our cabinets ourselves. We did butcher block cabinet or counters, yeah. whole thing, you know, the, all of that worked out great. The bathroom, I <laughs> was on Pinterest. And I found these beautiful subway tiles, but I didn't want subway tiles like this. I didn't want them like this. I wanted something different. So not knowing, I picked the most incredibly hard pattern in the world to do. And I have this great uh, contractor who we use for things like that, that uh, my husband just doesn't have time to do. He can do, yeah. but just doesn't have time. And he, he was amazing. And he always just bills me time and materials, right? That was my lesson because <laughs> what he didn't say to me was, Carrie, do you understand how many cuts that are going to be like a quarter of an inch and an inch and all these things to make it work? Do you realize how much time it's like, he didn't say that to me. Do you realize how much time it's going to take? I will say it is the most beautiful shower in the world. And he, he was fantastic, but it, it took like a good week of me showing up going, why is there only like a foot done? What, like, what am I paying you for? Like what? Going on. How is this taking so long? It's like two hours to tile a shower. What's going on? Right. No, it was days. It was, it was, it was a good week. It was, um, 
Yeah. So lesson learned, you know, know what you're getting into, <laughs> know what you're paying for. Time and materials is really great, except for if it's a project, you don't really know the scope of it. I know that would have been one. It would be great to have a cap on say, okay, I'll show, I'll tile your shower for this amount. Like, okay, great. Here's the pattern. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a total, a total lesson learned. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes that can be a challenge. I love doing kitchens though. One of my favorite things for kitchens, I like to go on marketplace and I found whole kitchens that are perfectly nice. And then you just maybe paint the cabinets or whatever. You do something to refresh it and you end up with a whole kitchen for a thousand bucks or whatever. It's yeah. perfect for, for second home type investment. Mm -hmm short-term rental or even long-term rentals. There's a lot you can do even without gutting some house. I mean, even just like you said, the painting, the cabinets that are already there, yeah. changing out the countertops, which is not that expensive. Yeah, you know I mean? Exactly. There's, there's so much that even just the handles uncovered makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Handles are, that's an amazingly, it's amazing how much of a difference it makes just changing out the handles. Mm -hmm. Or if you paint and change the handles, you think you'd have mm -hmm. a whole different kitchen. Mm -hmm. And even the whole house, just a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. And then you put your nice furnishings in there. Oh yeah. So what's your favorite part? In regards <laughs> to owning a home, I just, I get so much satisfaction out of seeing it go from stage one to the end stage. Like it's just, is the best feeling to me. And then watching people walk into that afterwards and see and appreciate it. And then we really never were flipping. We were always yeah. just making our house, then selling it a couple of years down the road, making yeah. our house, selling it down the road. Yeah. But these, the most recent ones are really just about building our rentals and spaces for people to be. And it's, it's sweet to watch them walk in and feel like they're in their new home. And, you know, and it's, it's just like, it's like buying and selling same feeling with, with people. Yeah. It's that joy and excitement. Yeah. And I think when you do that, as a landlord, as a property owner, when you do create a place where you would be happy living, mm -hmm. right? This is, we didn't just put some crap in here just to get, you know, we didn't slap it together and put on the 17th or 18th or 20th coat of paint just to kind of cover everything up, but you, you made it nice and people appreciate that. And that's how you get great tenants who want to stay. For me too. I've also, I don't know which, what you have going with this, but I found um, with like my shorter term ones, I really, I like people to be anywhere from a month to six, eight months. And I feel like that's like the sweet spot for people really caring, right? Caring for the home. They haven't gotten so comfortable where they just like, don't, they bang things up and mess it up. They're still, they're still in your home. Yeah. So to me, that's been, that's been the sweet spot there with that. And then in the other homes, you know, it's, it's being able to recognize, look, it's not going to always be cared for the way you wish. And you just have to accept that. And you have to hope that you pick the right people and that they're going to, but you know, there's some, there's a lot of emotion, right. That goes with, with it. If you just buy a place and, you know, and just leave it and say, okay, I'm just going to rent this place out. Right. It's a totally different feeling than when it's your blood, sweat, and tears that went into fixing it up and making it nice. And then you go in there like, what are these socks doing on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. You know, we had, we had one years ago that I think it was the first home that we had gone in and fixed up and changed when we, and we'd lived there for a few years and then we rented it rather than selling it right away. And I remember how upset I was after the few rounds of renters and when I finally got it back ready to sell and 
they had had animals and not told me. And I mean, just things were destroyed. And I was so, so upset. And I remember saying, I will never do this again. Like I will never be a landlord again. I'm done and over it. And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But there isn't, there isn't a lot of emotional things that have to happen in order for you to be a good landlord, right? I mean, I'm sure I, maybe you didn't do this, but in the beginning, I listened to every sob story. Oh, it's so sad. They need a house. They're such great people. And you rent to them and they don't pay their rent. You know, you just like, no, this is a business. I have to check everyone's credit. I have to check their references. I can't just fall for the first sad story that I hear coming down the road, you know? It, 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 there's a lot of, I feel like a lot of mindset that has to shift in order to be a good landlord. This is one I learned actually from um, my mother-in-law years and years ago. She, cause she had a rental and she, you know, back in the day, they didn't do credit checks or anything like that. But what she would do is she would walk outside and look in their car oh. and her car. And I was like, why? And she said, because how they care for their car is how they're going to care for the house. And I, (laughs) that's so great. So yes, I still do my credit checks and stuff, but I have to say, I do take a glance at people's cars and go, "Hmm, it makes sense, right? If (laughs) if the back seat is filled with right coffee cups and all kinds of trash and and I've gotten people's cars like that, you know, and you're like, oh my God, oh, just push that stuff to the side. And you think you don't want that person living in your house. Cause if the exactly. car looks like that, imagine what the house is going to look like. And that's a really, that's a really great one. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> yeah. When you do your short-term, your longer short-term rentals, how are you finding those folks? So a couple different ways. Um, With my short-term, because I am in real estate, a lot of times I have clients, right? That they're in between, like, or they need to sell and then they need a couple months to find the next one. So that has been, that was actually initially what started this, that specific rental was going, hey, we have a need for that in this town. We don't have, we have like Airbnb, but we don't have that in between. Longer. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that. I've also, um, I use furnish finder also yeah. for, um, a lot of nurses and at yeah. least in our community, they yeah. go through there. And that's a fantastic one just because yeah. the hospitals, uh, and the, the medical facilities will pay for it. So yes. it's a little more secure, you know, you've got it for a few months, you know, your time frame. it's, it's pretty great that way. Yeah. And yeah. then for our other ones uh, that aren't short term, I've started using a property manager just to find someone for me because yeah. it takes the emotion out for me and the stress out for me. Yeah. And we manage it from the, as soon as they find them, but just, yeah. I let, I've got a friend who that's all she does. That's, I mean, that's her business. So I pay her to run the credit checks, do the, you know, find yeah. all the information, make sure we're good. People screen everybody. Exactly. And then bring them to me and we'll go ahead and move on. <laughs> I didn't think I wanted to do that in the beginning, but I'll tell you, there's a heck of a lot less stress if you can do that. And if you just pay just a small fee to have somebody else. But what you're talking about is key, identifying the pieces that you like, the pieces that excite you, the pieces that serve you, and then just offloading the rest, delegating mm-hmm. the rest, pay somebody else to do that piece of it that you that's causing you stress. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge difference for me in that. So let's talk about your coaching program. Tell me a little bit about that, how that evolved. It's kind of funny, right? How how things change. I You and I chatted last week or a couple of weeks ago about um, there's a reason we do real estate, right? It's it's a it's a short, it's a quick, it's a, it's what our, our minds focus on. It's an excitement period for this amount of time. I don't get bored. And what I found with real estate is that I just like somebody can say to me, this is the house I want. This is what I love. These are all my things. And 
once they start listing it out and once we start talking about it and we really start focusing on it, it was really easy to guide and find and help them find these homes. And then I saw this massive joy with this creation of that and identifying, right. And really focusing on it and, and and not, yeah, yeah. And so I started, you know, recognizing that so many people have dreams and goals outside of just homes. And if they can just work on identifying it and having clarity and focusing on it and, you know, being grateful for all the things they do have in their life. And they just have maybe a little structure and a way to get to things that they can really do amazing things. And so I've kind of taken the two, right. And combined them in the sense of, now, I mean, yes, I still have my real estate business, but now I've been doing coaching with, and it's mostly been groups so far. I'm going to work into some individual stuff, but I really like the group because I think it's uh, accountability for everybody. It gives them to like hear and get excited. You know, we just did this Thrive 35, which was five weeks of hitting your goals. And these women, they flip and rocked it. One got, I mean, one, she just called me this morning. Last night was our last night, our last week, right? She calls me this morning and she's like, Carrie, I have a contract with a publisher. Like she's had this book on her shelf for years that she's (laughs) been so scared to reach out to a publisher. And she finally did it. And now she's publishing her book. You know, and another one, she figured out what her dream was and where she wanted to go with work. And she's doing that. Another one leveled up in, you know, her business. And it's just amazing what a little, a little support and a little direction does. Well, and clarity as well. Like there's so many things, right? If I had to list out all the things I want to do, I mean, you could fill pages, but what do I right? What's at the top of the list? What should I be focusing on? Where do I want to put my energy? Once you get that clarity and laser laser focus on that thing, and then you've got the support and the camaraderie and the community and you see other people doing it, you're like, I better get going, right? I mean, it's fantastic. It's a great dynamic. Well, and I I do with all my heart believe that anyone, anyone can manifest what they want. Anyone can draw those things to you. You just need to know how. So what's the first step? Well, first of all, how do people, how, how did you find those clients? How did they find you? Uh, well, most of it's actually been through Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I, I'm a good little Instagrammer, you know, (laughs) good at putting those things out there. And, and I, I've just been really building that community that way for quite a while. It's, it's been, it's been a process of me just encouraging people without, without inviting them to do anything with me. And now, you know, now they're, they come to the website, they sign up, we do things, you know, sometimes they sign up for the free one, which was the thrive 35 we just did, but now, you know, we also have an ongoing monthly group, um, dreams to reality. And that is truly where I'm seeing these women just like make leaps and bounds. And I'm not saying it's just going to say just women that just seems to be who's drawn to me right now. So yeah, it makes sense though. But I think, I, I think men in general are maybe encouraged more to follow their dreams, right? It's not, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes as women, we put think our dreams on the back burner, a little bit when we're having our families and when we're doing other things, right? Even your real estate career, right? It it went on the shelf for a while until the family was kind of running on its own. And then, okay, now Mm -hmm. I can go back to something that in that case, you knew you loved it, but some people didn't have that, right? If you start your family before you've had a chance to find something you really love to do, you might be like, okay, everybody's at school now. What am I going to do? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't even sure I would. I mean, other than the fact that I knew I loved homes, like I, that's just some, you know, I knew I enjoyed that, but no, I didn't, I didn't know for sure that that was going to be the right spot for me, but it, you know, it turned out, it turned out great. And I am lucky too. I do have a husband who is 
incredibly supportive of me doing me and doing the things. And yeah. And that's a huge point though, because if you have somebody who's not comfortable with, the, with you changing with right, not comfortable with maybe a risk that you might be taking, or, you know, somebody who's not talking you up while you're, you know, Oh, what are you, oh, you going to write a book? Oh, I mean, right. Like somebody who's saying something like that. And you, you just be, that's just another hurdle, another energy vampire that you've got to overcome. You got to have twice as much energy to sort of launch with that. Yeah. But it happens. People get it done. People still they get do. it done. Huge, they do. huge blocks, huge, huge, you know, detriments, you know, things going on that aren't fantastic. But once you, once you get the fire, it just, you can't hold you back. Yeah. <laughs> and I think true that also is another reason just to have support, whether it be a spouse or a partner or a friend or accountability group, something to keep pushing you forward. Yeah. You're right. Because it doesn't have to be your spouse. Otherwise you start to self-doubt, right? Otherwise you start to like, you sit back in and think, who am I? Like, why can I do this? What makes me think I'm good enough? But when you have other people encouraging, it's, it's different. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. So Carrie, what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting involved in real estate investing, but hasn't actually done it yet? Jump in, like jump in. It is, it is scary people right now, they're all up over the board about, oh, the interest rates, the interest rates, the interest rates. You know what? It's never a good time. There is never a good time to buy real estate. You were either going to have a higher interest rate or you're going to have a higher price, house rate. But just imagine, imagine five years from now, how much you're going to be kicking yourself, looking back and saying, oh, well, damn, if I would have just done that, I could have gotten that house at this price. And here, where would I be now? It'd be worth this. There's just right. it, real estate continues to go up. It just does. It's not like a straight line. It's not, but it does, it goes up. So yeah. why not jump in now and see where you are in five, 10 years? Exactly. And interest, you know, when you're not talking about your, your primary residence, when you're talking about investment, interest is just another tax deduction. As yeah. long as the rents are covering it, right? You don't really need to sweat it. That's right. And you can, you can set your rent to cover your costs. Exactly. Just run the numbers, make sure they work and then do it because, yeah. and then like, you know, whenever interest rates do something else, then you could refinance, you could make a change, right? It's, it's easy enough to do, but or maybe you have enough equity for the next one. Just dive in. Excellent advice. Excellent. Advice. <laughs> and if you don't know, right, if you just don't have any clue, then find somebody to partner with who's done it before. Yeah. What would you say is like a, a lesson that you learned throughout this journey that you would like other people to, to hear, have a great relationship with uh, a lender, a lender who is wise in the world of investing, not just a lender who focuses on your first time home buyer or you, but, but somebody who really can understand and knows how to work that knows what those numbers look like, who can talk you through it, who, who can say to you, you know, logically, this is what it will take. And this is what you're going to have. And, you know, <clears throat> this is what we can do in, you know, a year if the interest rates change, but just to have that partner that way financially is huge. Back to the advice that you gave earlier, figure out what you're good at, what your strong points are. And mm -hmm. if it isn't, for example, if it isn't running the numbers then partner with someone who's good at that, if it isn't envisioning what it could look like fixed up, then partner with someone who's good at that. And once you identify what you're really good at, right, then you can be like, can to outsource this one, <laughs> this mm -hmm. part of it. I'd also say find a realtor who understands that too. And one who can see, like who can, who can walk in a house with you and see 
how that could look or how it could change or what could be brightened up a little bit that that can make a lot of difference too because they look at homes every single day whereas you know when you aren't doing it every day sometimes it can be hard to imagine not only that they'll tell you what to focus on right you would say don't spend your time you know i'm thinking of a friend of mine who excavated the entire exterior of the home so that he could waterproof the foundation because it had he found like a drop of water in the basement and i thought dude you are never going to see that money right put your monies in kitchens and bathrooms and curb appeal and things that actually are going to pay you back and a real estate agent in the area will know that that's excellent advice yeah yeah good good one yeah definitely you want to partner with a real estate agent, and I think a real estate agent who's who's invested. I think so too. Been invested. Not every real estate agent, believe it or not, not every real estate agent even owns a home. Never mind an investment property, right? We're not all created equal. <laughs> That's true. It's it's so true. And just for them to even be able to call out the big things, because there's going to be a million little things, right? A million little things are going to be wrong. But for them to say, no, let's really focus. Is the roof good? Is the foundation good? Is electrical good? Is the plumbing good? Yeah, because those are three things that you could put a lot of money into that is not going to add anything to the value of the house, really. Right. You're never going to get your money back, I should say. That's right. It's just maintenance. I sold a property to some folks who they had not been tube wiring and they spent $50,000 pulling out all the old wiring, putting it all back. And then, but they intended to stay there, right? This wasn't an investment for them. They intended to stay there, but then one of them got a job in another part of the world and they had to sell it. And they were like, but we just put 50,000 into it. And I said, yeah, but people expect to have electricity. Right? It's not like a selling point. Oh, there's electricity here and you're not going to burn down. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, there's running water. Right? Yay. Exactly. <laughs> the septic system works. Aren't you excited? <laughs> Don't you want to pay 25,000 extra for that? Right. <laughs> it's emotional, right? But so Carrie, I mean, our time is like flying by. I'm really, I don't understand how that happens so fast, but um, what do you wish I would have asked you? What do you really want to share with people? Make sure that they know. Put gratitude first in your life, put it first and, and trust that when you are putting that out there, that all the good, is just going to come towards you. You put good energy out, you get good energy back. Mm-hmm. It might not be immediate because you might have like a, some leftover bad stuff that was already on its way. <laughs> true but it's so hard right it's so hard to be in a negative mindset or even feel angry or upset when you are just grateful absolutely true i'll tell you a funny story when i first started dating my boyfriend uh, i had decided that i wanted to do this you know morning gratitude thing so you know we were snuggled up in bed and i said you know are you grateful for anything today and he said you know he's was a little depressed at that time he said i can't think of anything i was like really (laughs) I said, you're playing, you're in bed with me and you can't think of it. Come on. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I guess I'm grateful for that. Now, you know, fast forward many years later, his gratitude list takes like 45 minutes. It can <laughs> really thing, change like, your life. It yeah. really can. Yeah. Are you going to be able to put both feet on the floor this morning without any help? Can you see the alarm clock, even though it might be going off at three in the morning and, you know, taking you into a job you don't love, you know, can you hear it? Can you see it? It's like so many things that really life would suck without, right? These, these small things that we all really take for granted. Electricity, water flowing out of the pipes, you know, toilets in the house. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I mean, it's easy to take things for granted and that's a fantastic advice, Carrie. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. How can people reach you if they're in Oregon or if they want to do some coaching with you and get fired up about this next phase of their life? 
So I'm on Instagram, Carrie Dale's Thrive Mindset, and then also, um, yeah, thrivemindset.io is my website. It's the best place to find me. And if you're interested in real estate, you can find me that way too. We can, we can, we can co-mix. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And I'll put all those in the show notes for everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, Carrie. And thank you listeners for listening and tuning in and hearing about Carrie. And I hope she's got you excited to maybe do a little something on your own, whether it's to work with her for some coaching or to maybe like dabble into the real estate investing space. Uh, Either way, share this episode with somebody who you know and love who needs to hear a positive message today.